You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We have an awesome program today. Uh, later on, uh, we're going to be talking about lawnmowers and garden tools that are gas-powered and what you can do now to take them to the new age. Uh, there's a lot of battery-powered uh, lawnmowers now. We'll be talking with the folks over at Ego, and uh, we'll ask them, you know, should you switch from gas to battery? Are these things powerful enough? We'll have the answers for you. We'll also be talking with the folks over at Mantle Mount. Uh, they make a really cool mount for TVs. If you've got a fireplace and you're wanting to put your TV up above the fireplace, they've got something really cool that can help uh, move it below. It's like amazing. And uh, of course, we also have uh, our contest going, John. We do. Giving away uh, a really cool laptop. Yeah, an MSI E13 Evo Flip. Evo Flip. You can't remember it yet. I can't. No, no I've said it a million times. I, I have. It's the <laughs> it's MSI Summit uh, Summit E13 Evo Flip. This is a, a beautiful laptop. It's worth about two grand. You got to enter. I mean, it's an amazing prize. Getconnectedmedia.com to check it out. Uh, we will be talking a lot about EVs uh, today, John. Uh, some interesting things in uh, the news, tech news, kind of EV related. Uh, Ford is making a fragrance for EV owners that smells like gas. For the, for the people that miss the smell of gas. So if you've got an electric vehicle, miss the smell of gas, Ford has a perfume for you. I don't miss the smell of gas. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, the smell of gas makes me sick. I don't... Yeah. Like, Obviously, this is a huge PR yeah, stunt, right? Yeah. And it, it'll it'll make all the, uh, the gas-powered vehicle owners happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so polarizing, don't you find? Uh, well, yeah. 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 No, we... we oh, we, we're we, not ready. It's... They're bad for the environment. I mean, there's, you know, a million things. Yeah. And we usually get those kind of interesting emails after the show. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's hilarious. So this is a real fragrance though, John. What is it called? Mach... 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 O. Mach O. GT. And the perfume bottle looks like a little... <laughs> a little gas pump. A little gas pump. <laughs> that is pretty clever. We should try to get some of that in. Not available to purchase. We'll spray it in your car. No. <laughs> uh, in uh, other uh, news uh, in the in the tech world, uh, I guess uh, EV-related uh, as well, uh, there's a new electric car that actually mines cryptocurrency while it charges. I guess it's got a powerful enough computer in it. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of these vehicles do have really big, powerful computers inside. And so this one is basically um, uh, Daymac. It's the Canadian automaker. Okay. And uh, they're developing an autonomous car that can mine cryptocurrencies while it's parked. So while it's sitting there charging, you're actually earning a little bit of cryptocurrency. So they've already got $350 million in pre-orders. I've never heard of this company before. No. There's so many of these car companies popping up. You just wonder how many are actually going to even produce a car. Well, in, in some of these pre-orders, are what, they're like $10, $100? Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, you know what? We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Ted Kritsonos about the latest EV news, everything from a new electric Jeep, new Harley-Davidson, and the Tesla full, uh, full self-driving subscription service for Tesla owners. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter our contest. Giving away an amazing prize, John. An MSI, and I can never remember the model. Summit, EV, Summit <laughs> E13 Evo Flip. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Laptop. But I mean, this is like a $2,000 laptop. It's got the latest uh, Intel 11th generation processor in it. It's got a beautiful touch flip screen, so you can turn it into a tablet as well. Comes with a pen? 
comes with a pen. Yeah, so you can take notes, sign things. It, it Honestly, John, I love it. It is beautiful and just like super thin as well. Yeah. If you want chances to win, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We're going to talk about uh, electric vehicles. Uh, we're doing that a lot lately, but there's more and more of them coming out and uh, lots of uh, EV news. Uh, help us out. We've got our good friend Ted Kritsonos out of Toronto. How you doing, Ted? Good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Uh, wanted to touch base with you. You're uh, really into the whole automotive and technology uh, side. Uh, seeing some new announcements. I think Jeep was one of, one of them. They're going to be bringing out some uh, electric Jeeps. They are, yeah. So this is interesting, right? Because it kind of follows what other automakers have been doing. So uh, I'm sure you guys have noticed as well that there's been a fair bit of news lately in the EV space. So Jeep uh, is apparently going to pursue the EV market uh, quite aggressively uh, and uh, and is looking to, by 2025, to have uh, at least, more, well, more than one model. I mean, I think they, they I don't know that they're going to go entirely electric uh, by then. Uh, but certainly, it's going to be a significant part of their uh, of their lineup. It's interesting, you know. Obviously, they're all getting into it. You know, Cadillac's coming out with one. You know, Volkswagen's going all in as well. Um, but it's a bit of a catch up game, don't you think, guys? Uh, you know, Tesla's still kind of out leading the pack at this moment. Tesla had a head start uh, in a lot of ways, and Tesla also that's all they make. They don't they don't make combustion engine vehicles, so. What we're talking about is is traditional automakers that have to transition from making those vehicles to going electric. Now they're not going to do it in one full swoop. Like one fell swoop, it's not going to happen. There's going to be this is going to be a transition that is going to be gradual. But I think the question is is how how much pressure are they feeling to expedite that process, or how much is the market telling them that they need to expedite that process? Uh, right now, when you look at EV sales, I mean, yes, they they are creeping up, but they're not, you know, they're they're not going gangbusters right now. And I think, if you ask me, the reasons I think that's the case is because of the upfront cost of the vehicle, and also anxiety over where to charge, how easy it is to charge, how long it takes, um, you know, some of the infrastructure logistical issues uh, that that people are are whether they're rightly or wrongly interpreting them. Yes. So that, the, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, John. And so I was just gonna say, so it, it's like it's it's those two, I think, key issues. It's cost, and it's also the overall anxiety about not being able to go to a traditional gas station when you need to. Um, I think education is happening quite a bit. I mean, we're talking about it all the time. Um, the costs are coming down as the rebates go up and the incentives, those types of things. A lot of uh, manufacturers now are even including level two chargers with the vehicles which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think the challenge, though, that a lot of these uh, car manufacturers and, and you know, Jeep uh, is getting into it. Uh, Ford announced their F-150 Lightning uh, electric pickup truck, which looks amazing because I'm in the market for a new truck. And I have to say, I'm, I'm still on the Tesla Cybertruck side. And I'll tell you why. Uh, to charge, you know, I've, I've, you know, charged my Model 3 at home and I haven't even put a level two charger in yet. I'm just charging like 110 volt. But, you know, if I get a truck in there as well, you know, I'm going to have to upgrade that. But I'm getting a truck because I want to travel with it. And with Tesla, I have confidence because they've got supercharging stations like everywhere now. And they're just more and more popping up. So I can, you know, hop into Hope or Merritt or Princeton. There's Tesla superchargers there. And I can get a full battery refill within like 35, 40 minutes. Whereas, you know, for other models of cars, uh, there's just not 
I feel, a lot of fast charging networks out there yet. Yeah, I mean, as we talked before, the recent trip that we took to Tofino, yeah. I got to try the Electrified Canada and also the BC Hydro fast chargers, and they were fantastic. Yeah, but so the BC Hydro fast chargers, like how many are they when you go pull up to one? Like There's one? usually a couple. That, okay, this, two. Yeah, this is, the, this is the, the imbalance, I guess. Yeah, like when I go to a Tesla supercharging station, there's like at least eight. Sometimes there's like 20. Yeah. Right? So I never have a problem getting a spot. And if I have to ever wait, it's never more than a few minutes. But if someone is fast charging at a hydro charger, like that could be half an hour. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the challenge right now. It's that time, that 30 minutes that you talked about. Yeah. Uh, it feels like an eternity for someone who is comparing it to a gas station visit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that is a big, big part of this, uh, this whole thing. Well, it's going to be more than an eternity if you can't get the charger because there's like five people in line for you because that could turn into hours, literally. So that's my point. Like, you yeah. know, Ford and GM and all these guys, they have to commit to funding more of these supercharging networks out across North America and, you know, the world for that matter. Uh, just looking at some of the other EV news, uh, BMW, they've got a new scooter, e-scooter. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. It looks like something out of like Westworld or something. But I guess you'd have to have a motorcycle license for that. Uh, I, I probably, would imagine, probably, probably. Yeah. probably. And and Harley, they're going uh, heavy into uh, electric as well. I, I see they've got a new one. Brought the price down. Didn't they spin off their e-bikes into like a separate company? Yeah, I don't no, know. They, 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 well, they've got a, they've got a brand. So right. so they call Livewire. So uh, so Harley basically has a separate brand for the electric motorcycles and the scooter that they've just developed as well. Uh, the scooter is, in effect, in my mind, a, a response to the motorcycle they came up with before, which was thirty thousand US. So obviously, way out of you know out of range for most people who are, would have been interested even in that. Uh, but the scooter obviously comes down in price. It, it's obviously not the same as having a motorcycle, but it's interesting, right? That okay, Harley, we already know what they make now. BMW getting into the same space is interesting, and it makes me wonder if maybe some of these. Again, traditional manufacturers are looking at, hey, perhaps we can get people into the EV space at a smaller footprint, literally, and also at a price that they can afford. Now, BMW is not cheap either, right? Like nothing BMW makes is cheap. So this may not be for everybody, but I th think it's interesting that they are, they're looking at city commutes. You know, that's really what they're trying to market this as is, hey, you you're traveling within the city uh you need to maneuver you need to make your way around uh, you can do it with an electric vehicle but it doesn't necessarily have to be a car yeah well and i think that's an important distinction too because i think a lot of people get range anxiety when they think about taking a road trip like going from vancouver to the okanagan for example where can they charge along the way and you know how long is it going to take versus my daily commute i can do my daily commute four or five times on a single charge. Yeah, so it's not a problem. No. Problem at all. So uh, other news I want to quickly talk about. Uh, Tesla has announced, uh, and I think they're rolling it out in the U.S. first, um, subscription service for their full self-driving mode. Yeah. So if you want that in a Tesla, uh, you have to buy that yeah. for $10,000. Yeah. It's a lot of money. So I, I had that option. I was waiting for this to happen. 
did you take up the option? No, it's ten thousand dollars, and it's not full. <laughs> it's not full. It's not autonomous driving yet. Like they haven't worked all the kinks out, and they yeah. still haven't. And and don't yeah. get me wrong, they've made huge strides. Like, uh, you know, from some of the videos I'm seeing, it's pretty cool. Like the latest generation, I think they're like a beta nine uh, version uh, on on the, the self driving with Tesla. But um, you know, if you couldn't afford the ten thousand, they have a subscription service for two hundred dollars US a month. Would you, would you pay that much if it worked as advertised? If it worked like a, like really worked, I might consider it. Like maybe I would get it over the summertime if I'm doing a lot of traveling, right. for example. Um, but I, I love the idea. You know, there's no question. I have auto steer right now yeah. and it just, it makes my life so much easier when I'm driving in. Like I have a 45 minute commute. I feel safer. Like I still have my hands on the wheel, but I just feel safer because it's really keeping me in the lane and adjusting the speed, you know, between the cars uh, that are, are, are around me. So um, the full self-driving mode that they have takes that another step. You know, it'll be able to go on off ramps and on ramps. It can go on city streets. It knows traffic lights and stop signs. Whereas my auto steer, which is free, doesn't have that. So, you know, is it worth the extra 200 US, which you know will be around 300 Canadian? Yeah. Um, that's a lot of money. Like I could get another car. That's a car payment. Well, and also it's the trust factor too on beta software. Yeah, but so that's the thing. It's not fully autonomous. I, yeah. I, they, they warn you, you still have to have your hands on the wheel. Yeah. So these guys that are getting arrested for sleeping while they're driving. Well, they're idiots. Yeah. Like I would never do that in a million years right now because the technology's not there. Yeah. Like I'd be dead. Well, Mike, what you're, what you're saying, Mike, is that basically the, the technology doesn't work the same as Cadillac Super Cruise does, where you'd be on a highway, for example, and the car literally is driving and steering itself, right? Like that is that well that in my auto steer which is free with all Teslas um, it, yeah. it it doesn't do lane changes but uh, it will go for a distance uh, it'll keep the speed that you want uh, it'll you know if cars start slowing down in front of you it'll slow down uh, and it'll totally keep you in the lane but every you know 20 or 30 seconds you have to have you know it has to detect your your hand on the steering wheel so you got to kind of give it a little nudge to let it know yeah. you're still there and if you don't it it kicks you out of the auto steer. Well, I have lane keeping assist in my Kia. Yeah. And it is kind of magical because you, you, you know when it's locked in because it's got a little green icon. Yeah. But there's no alert tone that it's not locked in because it can't see the lines or, or that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't trust it fully. No. So, I mean, obviously I still have to hold onto the steering wheel, but this is the same kind of like distrust I would have with getting into, say, a driverless vehicle. Yeah. So I'm just concerned right now that, you know, there's a lot of people are going to be using this service and there's a lot of idiots out there. This is not 100% yet. So I'm just worried that a bunch of people are going to sign up for this full self-driving subscription and then just fall asleep. Yeah. Because they think, hey, I've had a few drinks, this car can drive me home. It's not the case. <laughs> it's not yeah, the case. Yeah. And, and I think we we got to mention too that there's a distinction here between autonomous and, and driver assist. So you'll note that that in some cases, the automakers cover themselves a little bit by calling them driver assist features, yeah. as opposed to autonomous features. And that's and they should yeah, be calling it that. Call them more autonomous. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, there's liability involved too, right? Like, I mean, if you're going to call something autonomous and it isn't really autonomous, and something happens, you know, uh, that's a whole other ball game. But yeah, they, it, these are ultimately driver assist features that have autonomy uh, within them. But are they bulletproof? Of course not. No, they're definitely not. We've never tried anything that is bulletproof so far. Uh, but we can expect, though, that these features will evolve and continue to evolve. I mean, Tesla has even tried stuff 
before. Like, I mean, they had a lane changing uh, autonomy that I remember they were trying. Yep. And, well, you know, that didn't always go so well. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, it didn't. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, we're, we're still, you know, we're still some time away from seeing these features be truly autonomous. But um, what I find interesting is that the development of EVs, electric vehicles, is, is kind of coinciding with increasing driver autonomy as well that the two are going hand in hand even though they're not always related so i mean so one aspect uh, and i'll just uh, finish it off here uh the technology has to get there but also the laws yes like, uh every province and state and country have their own laws regarding driving motor vehicles so they would have to pass rules regulation laws that would allow these vehicles to be fully autonomous so yeah. that that i still think we're years away from having that, some that won't mike that won't happen until the infrastructure is in place for the vehicle to know where it is yeah. relative to everything else on the road exactly right so th- th- those two definitely are intertwined the legislation that would govern this sort of thing along with the infrastructure are very much intertwined on this and so if you don't have one without you can't have one without the other is the way i'm looking at it in my mind i'm I think we could be as much as 10 years away from any type of true autonomous driverless vehicles that could let me sleep after I've had drinks and oh, take and take me home. More than that. More than that. I'm saying 20. Okay. Well, we'll have to have a friendly wager there. We've been talking with Ted Cretzonos out of Toronto about the latest EV news. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back to the program. Mike and John here. I'm excited about this next segment, John. Yes, I know you are. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about battery-powered uh, garden and lawn equipment. I have been using electric mowers for a number of years now. I think I had a Black & Decker first. Uh, that lasted about a year before things went wrong. And so I decided I'm going to switch to something different. So uh, I was uh, in one of the local uh, home improvement stores and uh, the, had this Ego brand, which I'd never heard of before. Um, but I tried it out, I think it's maybe like four or five years ago, and I bought a battery-powered lawnmower, and everyone thought I was crazy. Was that their gateway drug to the Tesla? Yeah, to- <laughs> and all the other gear. Well, we're going to talk about Ego. They make uh, all sorts of uh, electric lawnmowers, blowers, trimmers. We've got uh, Barnaby. He's their uh, director of excitement. Thanks for joining us, Barnaby. Hey, it's uh, always great to talk to you guys. How are you doing today? Good. Did you come up with that title? Yes, I did. Yeah. And then uh, Usain Bolt from Nike stole it from me. I was in the Atlanta airport and I saw a giant poster and they said, Usain Bolt, director of excitement. I'm like, oh, I should have trademarked. <laughs> next time, next time. Um, so, uh, you know, John knows I love my battery powered uh, lawnmower. And recently uh, I've been able to try out some of your new gear and mm-hmm. I am just blown away. You know, I get a lot of people when I tell them I'm using electric powered blowers and lawnmowers that, you know, they're just not the same as gas. But this new stuff, it is like all kinds of powerful. Yeah. You know, all anybody ever needs to do is to get into a Tesla and press the gas pedal and they'll understand the sheer power of battery power versus gas. Same with Ego. You press a button and boom, you're off to the races. So all the power and performance of gas without any of the innumerable hassles that go along with gas, right? How long has Ego been around now? 
Uh, seven years yeah. plus. Okay. And uh, we're actually part of a much older company that's been around for 25 years. So we make power tools for the world. And so one day we just decided, well, why don't we just come up with our own line of tools? And uh, so Ego is that. So the one thing I like about your, your product line, um, they all take batteries, obviously, and these are removable batteries that you then go put in a, a charger to recharge them. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, they're kind of interchangeable as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's a, just a catchphrase. Every Ego battery fits and runs every Ego tool because the way we've designed it, it's an open kind of environment on the tool where you're not boxed in like with so many battery powered tools it has to fit into a box slot for ego it just has an open envelope so the bigger the battery no problem it still slides onto the rail and connects and delivers all the power and performance of gas so uh, i i love my uh my battery powered lawnmower again i've had it for many years now uh, but you know i would get about 25 minutes of battery out of it so um you know i had two batteries so it wasn't a problem uh but this new one uh can last like an hour yeah the uh you know we say to people um how big is your yard to qualify them for which mower is right for them and you get that blank look because i think most people don't even know how big their own house is they couldn't tell you the square footage so the best way to figure this whole thing out is to figure out how long it takes you to mow your lawn if it takes 45 minutes to an hour perfect you can do it with any ego mower and to your point if it takes an hour and a half you could simply take a battery off of the string trimmer and pop it in while your other battery is charging and you have endless run power so with two batteries you could mow all of canada (laughs) (laughs) that's a bold statement um Talk about uh, this new mower as well. Uh, it it's also self propelled. Like it's good. <laughs> not only do you get the power, it's got like dual blades on the bottom. I mean, this thing, this thing mows, uh, but it, it also can propel itself. Yeah, so that's called the Ego Select Cut, and uh, it has what differentiates this. Not only the uh, the blades you speak of, where it has two blades under the hood, so to speak one of them being fixed and the other one is the one that kind of lives up to the uh, promise of select cut. It has a premium mulching blade if that's what you like to do. It has a premium bagging blade where you take the mulching blade off with the bagging blade on and then it also has an extended run blade so you can truly customize the cut of your lawn but to your point I think the uh, the drive mechanism on it it's what I call a zen experience where you simply rest your hands on the handle and you're now activating touch pads on the handle and that's what initiates the drive and then you simply lazily roll your thumbs on this wheel that's attached to the top of the handle and that dictates the speed so it takes almost no thought and zero effort to get it to move the one thing again i like about this whole range is um I'm just not dealing with gas anymore, um, which, you know, I always had to make sure I had the right amount of gas. And for certain tools like the trimmer, uh, you know, it had to have a special mix of gas and, and oil. And you, you know me, John, like, do you think I'm mixing that properly? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. And just, you know, things go wrong with these, the motors all the time. Like that, the, the Eagle lawnmower I've had, it never, never had a problem. The only thing I've had to do is just get the blade sharpened on the bottom. Well, I joked about it at the top about how these battery-powered lawn tools were your gateway drug for the EVs because that was also one of our selling points for getting an EV was the fact that maintenance is much easier. You're just dealing with a battery, basically. Yeah. And that's exactly what's the case with these lawn tools. So the, the last gas power thing I had was my, my electric trimmer. Yeah. 
or no, it wasn't like, sorry, gas powered trimmer, which um, it, 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 became, it's be- it had become a pain in the butt to me because <laughs> you know how you have to pull the string all the time? Yeah. Like, I'm getting older. And it just, it was getting difficult. I guess that was my exercise for the, for, for the weekend. But um, Barnaby, I, was, uh, I, I got a chance to try it. You've got this uh, combo pack of uh, a trimmer and a blower. We'll get to the blower in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. But that trimmer, oh, my God. Like, I wasn't expecting how powerful it was. Yeah, people, uh, they are amazed at that because I can actually mow down fields of hay, which is uh, what some people allow their lawns to get to in the summertime when they go away on vacation. And I have a couple of rental properties. And when I look at the neighbor's yard, and I go, my gosh, look at that. I'll just kind of cruise through it and take it all down with the simple 095 line. It's uh, just hardy line. But to your point, so powerful. And thank goodness for the articulated trigger on it where you can feather it. Um, so you can dance in what I call dancing in the daisies. When you get close to the flowers, you kind of dial back the speed by simply getting off the trigger a little bit. And when you want to unleash the hounds, boom, you've got all the power of gas without the hassle. I mean, to your point, trying to start a string trimmer, it's all it's a trip to the chiropractor half oh, the time. Oh, dear God, yes. Dear yeah. God, yes. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the blowers. Uh, I, I Back a few years ago, um, I had a blower. And mm-hmm. uh, it was gas powered. It died, and I went to try to get it fixed, John, and it was going to cost more than it cost. Yeah, yeah, than yeah. the thing. So I uh, I had the lawnmower, and I thought, oh my god, I'll get a blower, and then I'll have you know two batteries that I can inter switch between the two. And of course, you know me, I I forget the the model name of it, uh, Barnaby. It's the one that looks like a Ghostbusters pack. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. You've got the um, the five thirty CFM is what I saw in your video. Yeah, so. Far. 30 cubic feet per minute. Um, I call it a hurricane on a stick. Totally. It really has, you know, I'm, I'm going to mow all of Canada with two batteries and you're going to get a blower that's a hurricane on a stick, right? Yeah, this so, that uh, new blower, oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. We were, we were doing a segment for global television and we had it sort of set up on some tables in your backyard and you turned mm-hmm. it on for the first time and you literally almost blew over the tables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, uh, thankfully, you know, you have the uh, kind of the variable speed trigger on it, which is all very intuitive to operate because you don't need all that power all the time. You can just simply, you know, if you're just taking grass off the sidewalk or the driveway, you don't need 530 CFM. Although that when you see uh, commercial crews come through and uh, clean up after their landscaping work, it's always just this giant cloud of dust that they're creating. You can just simply use this almost like a powerful broom, or if you need to like move some landscaping rocks or get ice off the sidewalk in the winter, snow off your car in the winter, hit the turbo button and it's all going to disappear. Okay. Now that like I'm a crack addict for all these battery power tools, like what else is in the line? Oh man, you, I mean, where are you in Canada? Uh, We're, we're in Western Canada. So Vancouver, BC. I love it up there. I love Whistler Blackcomb. So uh, snowblowers, we've got uh, three different snowblowers that, uh, I mean, one of our two-stage snowblower, that'll heave snow 50 feet. I mean, it'll go (laughs) onto your neighbor's roof. Um, We've got chainsaws. I was just down doing some uh, tornado cleanup outside of Chicago with Ego battery-powered chainsaws, and I was just cutting through like butter 15 inch trees all day long it was just and then somebody was annoying they lit up a gas chainsaw and everybody was like oh why'd they have to bring that it's so loud and it just started it was great 
um, we string trimmers. Um, we have power stations in case there's a, a battery or excuse me, a power outage. You can take the batteries from your lawnmower and your string trimmer and suddenly run your refrigerator, run your wireless router, run your TV. I've got it hooked up to the furnace in my house. If there's a, a power outage, I can run my heat in my house off the Nexus power station. So we have 50 plus tools in the line. So there's your addiction for you, man. You got to keep buying. <laughs> um, yeah, that is the, the power station is the next thing I'm interested in. Yeah, but the chainsaw was pretty cool too. So I, I know a lot of people listening right now are yeah. using gas powered stuff. And yeah, don't send me hate mail. You, you got to try out some of this battery powered stuff. It, it, it really is uh, really is amazing. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us, Barney. Where can people find out more information about all the, the Eagle line? Uh, EgoPowerPlus.com is always a great place to look, and uh, it's available all across Canada at various dealers and Rona and Lowe's. And so I think to your point, you simply need to try it, and you'll be a believer once you try it. I mean, you can think what you want about gas versus battery, but the second you use Ego, you're going to be like, what took me so long? Exactly. Even a neighbor came by one time. I was, I was mowing the lawn with it. And they're just like, oh my God, I wish everyone would have one of these. Well, one of your neighbors is always doing something with a power tool that has gas while trying to film in your backyard. <laughs> I'll have to get him uh, a brochure on Ego. Uh, again, you can check this out. Uh, I got some of the stuff from Lowe's. They've got a great selection there as well. Thanks for joining us again, Barnaby. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter our contest this month. We're giving away an awesome prize. This thing is probably the best prize yet definitely i think it's the biggest most expensive prize it's also maybe the most desirable yeah it's a an msi laptop it's their msi summit e13 evo flip it's quite a mouthful but it's a a full windows touchscreen laptop that can convert to a tablet as well if you want a chance to win just go to our website getconnectedmedia.com and there's uh extra ways to uh win more ballots uh, as well yes stay tuned to the rest of the show we'll tell you how yep Right now, I want to talk mounts. Uh, we all have TVs. Somehow, they have to be mounted on the wall. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I had a challenge. I uh, you know, redid my uh, family room and the fireplace there, and I put a you know, big screen TV, or wanted to put a big screen TV above uh, the mantle, uh, but the viewing angle is too high. Yes. Yeah. I have that problem right now myself. Well, we're hopefully fixing that in another segment that we're yes. doing. So I did a bit of research and came across this really cool mount company uh, out of the uh, U.S. They're called Mantle Mount. And they make this really unique TV mount system. And basically, you mount the TV on this mount that's mounted onto the wall. I'm simplifying it. Uh, but then you're able to essentially pull it out and down, down from the mantle so that you can have that perfect viewing angle. Yes. It's... It's amazing how much of a difference that makes because I used to have my TV on just a stand in a really bad location in my living room just so I could see what it would be like to do that. Yeah. But then I ultimately had to mount it on the wall above my fireplace and it's too high. Well, we've uh, got the, uh, one of the founders and the CEO of Mantle Mount. His name is Lee Mark on the line. Thanks for joining us, Lee. Hey, uh, Mike and John. Great to be here. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to have you on because, uh, like I said, I, I tried out that uh, that mantle mode. I think it was the 540 model, uh, a manual model. You can basically 
uh, grab it and just pull it out and down. Uh, just really elegant design, just uh, amazing. And you can even kind of rotate it uh, as well to get uh, even more viewing angles. And I love the fact, too, that it has this little heat sensor on the bottom. So it'll tell you if things are getting too hot for the TV, if you've got the fire on. Well, that, that's what I wondered about is how how does that manage that? Because even, even when your fireplace isn't on, the pilot light, if you have a gas fireplace like I do, and you do as well, um, it still gives off a little bit of heat. But, you know, obviously in the wintertime, that's when you're Netflixing and on the couch and uh you want to be able to have the fireplace going at the same time well you know i found using it uh and and lee you can talk about this as well um i've got a gas fireplace and i had it on sometimes just to see and it gave off heat but not enough to uh you know set off the alert on the uh on my particular mantle mount uh so yeah i can can tell you guys a little bit about how that works Um, okay so on, on the manual mounts, uh, we have manual mounts and we also have a remote control version. So you just turn your TV on and it just automatically comes down and swivels to your favorite preset. You know, the key thing is it comes down to eye level and that's what's really important because that's the, the, the best angle to get the clearest, crispest picture the way the TVs are built. But as it relates to that heat sensing handle, on the manual versions, there's nothing electronic about it. It's We have a, a, a special rubber that covers, there's a little handle under the TV that allows you to pull the TV down. And there's a special rubber on that handle. And that rubber has been created such that it, at, at 110 degrees, at exactly 110 degrees, that rubber will turn red. So, <laughs> that's your warning right there. <laughs> that's your warning right there. Yep. Yeah, so, the, so what happens if you pull the TV down uh, the handle's right at the bottom of the TV. 110 degrees is the temperature that you don't want your TV, uh, or a, a, about 115 to 120, you don't want your, your television exposed to. So if you pull the TV down, you know, we don't recommend running your fireplace with a TV down because it does come below the mantle and it does go in front of the, uh, you know, in front of the fireplace a little bit. But there's usually some distance, the depth of the mantle and whatnot. And if you have, if you're, if it's a wood burning fireplace, maybe it's hotter than if it's a gas fireplace. So if, if the TV set, basically, if, if near the TV, it's 110 degrees, that handle will turn red and bright red. And that's your, your it doesn't get hot. It doesn't, it's not hot to the touch. It just turns red. And that's your signal to push it back up. Yeah. On our, on our motorized version, it actually has a, a heat sensor inside of it. And when um, and if it te- detects that the TV is too hot, it'll just push itself back up against the wall. Let's talk about the remote control one, because uh, I had the manual one and then the remote control one came out. And of course, I'm a nerd. I had to I had <laughs> to get this thing installed. And uh, it is like all kinds of cool. So essentially, it comes with a remote control and the same thing. You can use the remote control. You can preset some positions on it as well on the remote and basically just use that remote and it just automatically comes right down to eye level. It is, it is magic. Like my kids just think I'm like the nerdiest dad now and just kind of roll their eyes, but I don't care. No, I don't care. They think that now? <laughs> well, I've reached, I've reached the pinnacle. Peak nerd? Peak, peak nerd. What, what I like about it though, because I was there for the install, is that it actually recesses right into the wall. If you ha- like, there's a little cutout box that it, all the infrastructure sits in. Yes. Um, you didn't get that like inset, but it's on the outside, but it's nice, clean. There's yeah, it's like a black box. Yeah, like for it. you don't see all the stuff. Yeah. I mean, there is an option from what I understand, Lee, that you could have it fully, uh, like most of that stuff inset into your wall if you Inside so. Inside the wall, yeah. yeah. 
So the way that works basically is um, it's a box. It's about it's under four inches. So it'll sink into your wall, but it won't go any deeper than your studs. And the arm and all the electronics fold into that box so that when when the when the when the mount pushes itself back up against the wall, it's it's almost touching the box it's very close to the edge of the box so you could sink that whole box right into the wall in between um in between the studs that are in a wall and 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 it's very flush against the wall when when it's in its kind of stowed raised position uh it'll come down like 32 inches and 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 swivel to wherever you want it but then it'll push itself back up but the way that you have it installed is 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 also nice. It's just that box attaches to the wall instead of going inside the wall. And then, um, but we've got this kind of cosmetic kit that makes that box look really clean. And what's even nice in that case is if someone was to see the TV from the side, they don't see any of the arm or the electronics because it all folds up into the box. How hard is it to come up with this? <laughs> come up with this? Like, if you look at this mount, I mean, it just looks so easy and elegant. You're just, you know, pulling it down or using the remote control, depending what model you have. But there's a lot of engineering that has to go into that to make sure that obviously it can hold the weight of the TV and and actually just pull down and stay in the different positions as well. Oh my God, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Um, one of my partners is the guy who invented the mantle mount, and um, when we first launched, uh, I, I personally immediately envisioned this thing has to be remote control. <laughs> but it took us years to figure out how to do that right. And and then that's just the, 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 the electronics part of it, right? Um, because you have things like a heat sensing handle. You have, you don't want it, someone to rotate it into their mantle. So it needs to kind of stop short if it, if it detects like something pressing against it. You know, there's all these like little things that you kind of have to think about. Um, the software, you set it so that it never travels. It, it might be able to travel further than you want it to because your mantle or your wall would be in the way. Uh, so we set the software and even the physical hardware so that you could limit its travel so that it'll never hit your mantle. It'll never hit the wall. These aren't things that you even have to worry about. But um, but the engineering is another is another feat. <laughs> You know, uh, the, even just the mechanical engineering and getting the two of them to work together. One of the really cool things uh, that I love about that mount is, you know, when you think about it, the mount's gonna come off. It's gonna come off the wall and down, and then it's gonna swivel as yours does. But this mount, rather than than coming down and then swiveling, the electronics know where it's going, knows where it's starting. And it starts to come off the wall and swivel at the same time. So it, it gets to its ultimate destination factor. And it's got this just kind of wow, robotic, cool factor. I, I don't know if you've shown this to any of your friends, but everything we hear is anytime oh. someone sees it. Oh, hell yeah, Lee. <laughs> anytime anyone comes over, I find a, an excuse to turn the TV, <laughs> the TV, <laughs> the TV on. Uh, but this will work with smart home integrations as well. If you've got like Control 4 and some of these other systems in your house as well, right? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I'm glad you, you you mentioned that because it works with or without home automation. So yeah, if you've got Control Four or Crestron or really we we have software that integrates with all the major players in that industry. So if you've got that in your home, you can control it through that system. But either or if you don't, we have what we call um, 
auto lower po- lowering power system. In simple terms, the the mount has an electrical outlet on it. So you plug the mount into the wall, you plug your TV into the mount, and then the when the TV turns on, the mount detects that it's trying to draw power from your electricity. And it says, oh, they must be turning the TV on. And it'll automatically come down and swivel to your favorite preset. When you turn, even with you're just using your regular remote control, if you turn the TV remote control off, the mount will detect that the power just dropped significantly and it'll push it back up against the wall. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. I, I didn't know it did that. But there was, oh. <laughs> yeah, like there were some times when, you know, the TV, uh, my wife turned the TV on uh, just with a TV remote and it started coming down. Or I've also programmed Alexa to turn uh, the, the family room TV on. And then it just automatically moved the, the mount down. So I didn't know how it knew to do that. So now I know. Thank you. So now you know. And, and I will tell you that, um, uh, you know, you might have to get an installer if you're not overly technical. But it, you could plug your computer into the mount and turn that feature on or off. Uh, so if it's, if it's competing with your Alexa, if it's not a problem, leave it. But if it's competing, there is a way to deal with it pretty easily. Well, I, I found another way to have this little uh, box. It's from Broadlink. It's like an IRRF transmitter, and you can program it to work with Alexa and Google and Siri. Um, and I got got it working with the TV mount as well. But it looks like I, I don't... saw I, I saw your video on yeah. that, and I've played with that Broadlink box. It's uh, it's relatively inexpensive. You yeah. can pick it up on Amazon. And it, I was so impressed that you actually figured that out because um, not a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be able to move the mountain up and down with my voice just to further increase my nerd. Yeah, your family loves you for that. <laughs> you are a serious nerd. <laughs> I guess that's, that's, that's what we've confirmed here. <laughs> uh, but you do recommend uh, getting an installer. Like, where would people go to get one of these and, and have it installed? Wow. In, in, uh, in Canada, there's so many options. There's a, a website called mantlemount.ca. Okay. And um, it's probably the most comprehensive place to go for product information. You can buy there uh, if you want. There's also a link on that site that says uh, find a dealer. And uh, once you click that, you see a, a map of, uh, of the continent and you type in your postal code. And then it'll just pull up a whole list of folks, uh, companies, with your with their contact information and they're everyone from stores like visions bricks gibbies you know these kind of electronics uh, or other superstores to local uh, companies that will um that that will sell you consumer electronics come to your house plan out all your installations or just install your tv mount and your and your tv um and of course you could you could buy one at um Amazon.ca. So they're they're really not hard to find. You type in Mantle Mount Canada into into Google, and you'll have an, a, a, a plethora of options. Um, but I will say that Visions and the Brick and Gibby they'll also install it for you. Uh, of our manual mounts, uh, about fifty percent of them are people who are handy and they can install them themselves. I mean, if you can install a TV mount, you can install a Mantle Mount. Um, if you're going to recess it into the wall, you know, like, like yours and our, even our manual mounts can be, you can buy an accessory to do that. Uh, then you're maybe opening the wall and cutting studs. And if that's not your thing, you should probably, <laughs> what, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're just going to put it on the wall and you have a stud finder 
and you know where the wood studs are. Yeah. You know, there's a bracket that attaches to the wall. There are, I'd say the most challenging thing, although is if you're someone who doesn't like to read, um, you know, like <laughs> some people pull out the manuals and they just go by the pictures. This one's a little harder to do because you have to find the the exact placement on the wall so that it clears your mantle. Yeah. There's some, well, it's, you don't have to do geometry. We make it uh, simple in our manuals. It's kind of a fill in the blanks, measure this, measure that, measure yeah. this. Okay, put it this many inches above your mantle. So if you read instructions, you're okay. If you're not you're one okay. of those people, get an installer. Get an installer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been talking with Lee Mark. He's the man uh, over at Mantle Mount. Uh, you can check them out at mantlemount.ca if you're looking for uh, a new TV mount uh, above your fireplace. Thanks for joining us today, Lee. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We come back from the break. More tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter the contest. Going to give one more shout out to getconnectedmedia.com, giving away an MSI E13 sorry, MSI Summit E13 Flip Evo laptop. It's a full touchscreen laptop. It's amazing. It's worth $2,000. And again, go to the website to get more details. And we've got a new way to enter this week. Oh, how? If you enter and you fill in all your stuff, it'll show you a new way using TikTok. You can leave a comment about what you think of TikTok. If you're on TikTok, if you like TikTok, if you think it's stupid... You'll get extra entries no matter what. Okay, we're going to quickly talk about a a Raspberry Pi project that you're interested in. And Raspberry Pi are these hobby computers you can get cheap. Yeah, so you and I have talked about Vectrex before. These are these little portable um, video game machines that came out in the 80s. Yes. Right? They have a a CRT vector display inside. Looks like an old Mac. Kinda, yeah, but black, yeah, yeah, and it has a little pop-down controller and everything like that. And it was I, I had, I have a couple of them actually. Somebody's come up with something called the Pi Trex, and what this is is a Vectrex to Raspberry Pi interface in the form of a cartridge. So you take a Raspberry Pi Zero, you put it into this cartridge, and it basically becomes the brains for the Vectrex. And there's been a whole community of people developing really cool emulators for this so you can a launch all the vectrex games ever made from an sd card okay on on this little cartridge on this cartridge yeah on the actual hardware like you need the actual hardware as well yeah you have to hit ebay or somewhere to get one of these things and they're not cheap now no no how much hundreds hundreds oh wow okay but the other cool thing is is they've actually found a way to use things like mame so arcade emulators so you can actually play the arcade roms for things like tempest and the other battle zone and the other original arcade vector games yeah remember star wars oh my god yes you can play that on this too looks like that's all the time we have left don't forget to hit the contest page uh getconnectedmedia.com and lots of great videos and how-tos on everything tech up there i want to thank john and christina for helping put the show together see you again next time